Section six of Anti Imperialist Writings. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Greenman. Anti Imperialist Writings by Mark Twain. To the Person Sitting in Darkness. North American Review, number five hundred and thirty one. February nineteen o one. To the Person Sitting in Darkness by Mark Twain. Christmas will dawn in the United States over a people full of hope and aspiration and good cheer. Such a condition means contentment and happiness. The carping grumbler who may here and there go forth will find few to listen to him. The majority will wonder what is the matter with him and pass on. New York Tribune on Christmas Eve From the Sun of New York The purpose of this article is not to describe the terrible offenses against humanity committed in the name of politics in some of the most notorious east-side districts. They could not be described even verbally. But it is the intention to let the great mass of more or less careless citizens of this beautiful metropolis of new world get some conception of the havoc and ruin wrought to man woman and child in the most densely populated and least known section of the city name date and place can be supplied to those of little faith or to any man who feels himself aggrieved it is a plain statement of record and observation written without license and without garnish imagine if you can a section of the city territory completely dominated by one man without whose permission neither legitimate nor illegitimate business can be conducted where illegitimate business is encouraged and legitimate business discouraged where the respectable residents have to fasten their doors and windows summer nights and sit in their rooms with asphyxiating air and one hundred degree temperature rather than try to catch the faint whiff of breeze in their natural breathing places the stoops of their homes where naked women dance by night in the streets and unsexed men prowl like vultures through the darkness on business not only permitted but encouraged by the police where the education of infants begins with the knowledge of prostitution and the training of little girls is training in the arts of phryne where american girls brought up with the refinements of american homes are imported from small towns upstate massachusetts connecticut and new jersey and kept as virtually prisoners as if they were locked up behind jail bars until they have lost all semblance of womanhood where small boys are taught to solicit for the women of disorderly houses where there is an organized society of young men whose sole business in life is to corrupt young girls and turn them over to bawdy houses where men walking with their wives along the streets are openly insulted where children that have adult diseases are the chief patrons of the hospitals and dispensaries 
where it is the rule rather than the exception that murder rape robbery and theft go unpunished in short where the premium of the most awful forms of vice is the profit of the politicians the following news from china appeared in the sun of new york on christmas eve the italics are mine the rev mr ament of the american board of foreign missions has returned from a trip which he made for the purpose of collecting indemnities for damages done by boxers everywhere he went he compelled the chinese to pay he says that all his native christians are now provided for he had seven hundred of them under his charge and three hundred were killed he has collected three hundred teals for each of these murders and has compelled full payment for all the property belonging to christians that was destroyed he also assessed fines amounting to thirteen times the amount of the indemnity this money will be used for the propagation of the gospel mr ament declares that the compensation he has collected is moderate when compared with the amount secured by the catholics who demand in addition to money head for head they collect five hundred teals for each murder of a catholic in the wenchu country six hundred and eighty catholics were killed and for this the european catholics here demand seven hundred and fifty thousand strings of cash and six hundred and eighty heads in the course of a conversation mr ament referred to the attitude of the missionaries toward the chinese he said i deny emphatically that the missionaries are vindictive that they generally looted or that they have done anything since the siege that the circumstances did not demand i criticize the americans the soft hand of the americans is not as good as the mailed fist of the germans if you deal with the chinese with a soft hand they will take advantage of it the statement that the french government will return the loot taken by the french soldiers is the source of the greatest amusement here the french soldiers were more systematic looters than the germans and it is a fact that to-day catholic christians carrying french flags and armed with modern guns are looting villages in the provinces of chile by happy luck we get all these glad tidings on christmas eve just in time to enable us to celebrate the day with proper gaiety and enthusiasm our spirits soar and we find we can even make jokes teals i win heads you lose our reverend ament is the right man in the right place what we want of our missionaries out there is not that they shall merely represent in their acts and persons the grace and gentleness and charity and loving-kindness of our religion but that they shall also represent the american spirit the oldest americans are the pawnees mccallum's history says when a white boxer kills a pawnee and destroys his property the other pawnees do not trouble to seek him out they kill any white person that comes along 
also they make some white village pay deceased heirs the full cash value of deceased together with full cash value of the property destroyed they also make the village pay in addition thirteen times the value of that property into a fund for the dissemination of the pawnee religion which they regard as the best of all religions for the softening and humanizing of the heart of man it is their idea that it is only fair and right that the innocent should be made to suffer for the guilty and that it is better that ninety and nine innocent should suffer than that one guilty person should escape our reverend ament is justifiably jealous of those enterprising catholics who not only get big money for each lost convert but get head for head besides but he should soothe himself with the reflection that the entirety of their exactions are for their own pockets whereas he less selfishly devotes only three hundred teals per head to that service and gives the whole vast thirteen repetitions of the property indemnity to the surface of propagating the gospel his magnanimity has won him the approval of his nation and will get him a monument let him be content with these rewards we all hold him dear for manfully defending his fellow missionaries from exaggerated charges which were beginning to distress us but which his testimony has so considerably modified that we can now contemplate them without noticeable pain for now we know that even before the siege the missionaries were not generally out looting and that since the siege they have acted quite handsomely except when circumstances crowded them i am arranging for the monument subscriptions for it can be sent to the american board designs for it can be sent to me designs must allegorically set forth the thirteen reduplications of the indemnity and the object for which they were exacted as ornaments the designs must exhibit six hundred and eighty heads so disposed as to give a pleasing and pretty effect for the catholics have done nicely and are entitled to notice in the monument mottoes may be suggested if any shall be discovered that will satisfactorily cover the ground mr ament's financial feat of squeezing a thirteenfold indemnity out of the pauper peasants to square other people's offences thus condemning them and their women and innocent little children to inevitable starvation and lingering death in order that the blood-money so acquired might be used for the propagation of the gospel does not flutter my serenity although the act and the words taken together concrete a blasphemy so hideous and so colossal that without doubt its mate is not findable in the history of this or of any other age yet if a layman had done that thing and justified it with those words i should have shuddered i know or if i had done the thing and said the words myself however the thought is unthinkable irreverent as some imperfectly informed people think me sometimes an ordained minister sets out to be blasphemous when this happens the layman is out of the running he stands no chance 
we have mr lament's impassioned assurance that the missionaries are not vindictive let us hope and pray that they will never become so but will remain in the almost morbidly fair and just and gentle temper which is affording so much satisfaction to their brother and champion today. the following is from the new york tribune of christmas eve it comes from that journal's tokyo correspondent it has a strange and impudent sound but the japanese are but partially civilized as yet when they become wholly civilized they will not talk so the missionary question of course occupies a foremost place in the discussion it is now felt as essential that the western powers take cognizance of the sentiment here that religious invasions of oriental countries by powerful western organizations are tantamount to filibustering expeditions and should not only be discountenanced but that stern measures should be adopted for their suppression the feeling here is that the missionary organizations constitute a constant menace to peaceful international relations shall we that is shall we go on conferring our civilization upon the peoples that sit in darkness or shall we give those poor things a rest shall we bang right ahead in our old-time loud pious way and commit the new century to the game or shall we sober up and sit down and think it over first would it not be prudent to get our civilization tools together and see how much stock is left on hand in the way of glass beads and theology and maxim guns and hymn books and trade gin and torches of progress and enlightenment patent adjustable ones good to fire villages with upon occasion and balance the books and arrive at the profit and loss so that we may intelligently decide whether to continue the business or sell out the property and start a new civilization scheme on the proceeds extending the blessings of civilization to our brother who sits in the dark has been a good trade and has paid well on the whole and there is money in it yet if carefully worked but not enough in my judgment to make any considerable risk advisable the people that sit in darkness are getting to be too scarce too scarce and too shy and such darkness as is now left is really of but an indifferent quality and not dark enough for the game the most of those people that sit in darkness have been furnished with more light than was good for them or profitable for us we have been injudicious the blessings of civilization trust wisely and cautiously administered is a daisy there is more money in it more territory more sovereignty and other kinds of emolument than there is in any other game that is played but christendom has been playing it badly of late years and must certainly suffer by it in my opinion she has been so eager to get every stake that appeared on the green cloth that the people who sit in darkness have noticed it they have noticed it and have begun to show alarm they have become suspicious of the blessings of civilization more they have begun to examine them this is not well 
the blessings of civilization are all right and a good commercial property there could not be better in a dim light in the right kind of light and at a proper distance with the goods a little out of focus they furnish this desirable exhibit to the gentlemen who sit in darkness love law and order justice liberty gentleness equality christianity honorable dealing protection to the weak mercy education temperance and so on there is it good sir it is pie it will bring into camp any idiot that sits in darkness anywhere but not if we adulterate it it is proper to be emphatic upon that point this brand is strictly for export apparently apparently privately and confidentially it is nothing of the kind privately and confidentially it is merely an outside cover gay and pretty and attractive displaying the special patterns of our civilization which we reserve for home consumption while inside the bale is the actual thing that the customer sitting in darkness buys with his blood and tears and land and liberty that actual thing is indeed civilization but it is only for export is there a difference between the two brands in some of the details yes we all know that the business is being ruined the reason is not far to seek it is because our mr mckinley and mr chamberlain and the kaiser and the czar and the french have been exporting the actual thing with the outside cover left off this is bad for the game it shows that these new players of it are not sufficiently acquainted with it it is a distress to look on and note the mismoves they are so strange and so awkward mr chamberlain manufactures a war out of materials so inadequate and so fanciful that they make the boxes grieve and the gallery laugh and he tries hard to persuade himself that it isn't purely a private raid for cash but has a sort of dim vague respectability about it somewhere if he could only find the spot and that by and by he can scour the flag clean again after he has finished dragging it through the mud and make it shine and flash in the vault of heaven once more as it had shone and flashed there a thousand years in the world's respect until he laid his unfaithful hand upon it it is bad play bad for it exposes the actual thing to them that sit in darkness and they say what christian against christian and only for money is this a case of magnanimity forbearance love gentleness mercy protection of the weak this strange and overshowy onslaught of an elephant upon a nest of field mice on the pretext that the mice had squeaked an insolence at him conduct which no self-respecting government could allow to pass unavenged as mr chamberlain said was that a good pretext in a small case when it had not been a good pretext in a large one for only recently russia had affronted the elephant three times and survived alive and unsmitten 
is this civilization and progress is it something better than we already possess these harryings and burnings and desert makings in the transvaal is this an improvement on our darkness is it perhaps possible that there are two kinds of civilizations one for home consumption and one for the heathen market then they that sit in darkness are troubled and shake their heads and they read this extract from a letter of a british private recounting his exploits in one of methuen's victories some days before the affair of macherfontein and they are troubled again we tore up the hill and into the entrenchments and the boers saw we had them so they dropped their guns and went down on their knees and put up their hands clasped and begged for mercy and we gave it them with the long spoon the long spoon is the bayonet see lloyd's weekly london of those days the same number and the same column contained some quite unconscious satire in the form of shocked and bitter upbraidings of the boers for their brutalities and inhumanities next to our heavy damage the kaiser went to playing the game without first mastering it he lost a couple of missionaries in a riot in shantung and in his account he made an overcharge for them china had to pay a hundred thousand dollars apiece for them in money twelve miles of territory containing several millions of inhabitants and worth twenty million dollars and to build a monument and also a christian church whereas the people of china could have been depended upon to remember the missionaries without the help of these expensive memorials this was all bad play bad because it would not and could not and will not now or ever deceive the person sitting in darkness he knows that it was an overcharge he knows that a missionary is like any other man he is worth merely what you can supply his place for and no more he is useful but so is a doctor so is a sheriff so is an editor but a just emperor does not charge war prices for such a diligent intelligent but obscure missionary and a diligent intelligent country editor are worth much and we know it but they are not worth the earth we esteem such an editor and we are sorry to see him go but when he goes we should consider twelve miles of territory and a church and a fortune overcompensation for his loss i mean if he was a chinese editor and we had to settle for him it is no proper figure for an editor or a missionary one can get shopworn kings for less it was bad play on the kaiser's part it got this property true but it produced the chinese revolt the indignant uprising of china's traduced patriots the boxers the results have been expensive to germany and to the other disseminators of progress and the blessings of civilization the kaiser's claim was paid yet it was bad play for it could not fail to have an evil effect upon persons sitting in darkness in china they would muse upon the event and be likely to say civilization is gracious and beautiful for such is its reputation but can we afford it 
there are rich chinamen perhaps they could afford it but this tax is not laid upon them it is laid upon the peasants of shantung it is they that must pay this mighty sum and their wages are but four cents a day is this a better civilization than ours and holier and higher and nobler is not this rapacity is not this extortion would germany charge america two hundred thousand dollars for two missionaries and shake the mailed fist in her face and send warships and send soldiers and say seize twelve miles of territory worth twenty millions of dollars as additional pay for the missionaries and make those peasants build a monument to the missionaries and a costly christian church to remember them by and later would germany say to her soldiers march through america and slay giving no quarter make the german face there as has been our hun face here a terror for a thousand years march through the great republic and slay 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 carving a road for our offended religion through its heart and bowels would germany do like this to america to england to france to russia or only to china the helpless imitating the elephant's assault upon the field mice had we better invest in this civilization this civilization which called napoleon a buccaneer for carrying off venice's bronze horses but which steals our ancient astronomical instruments from our walls and goes looting like common bandits that is all the alien soldiers except americas and americans again accepted storms frightened villages and cables the result to glad journals at home every day chinese losses four hundred and fifty killed ours one officer and two men wounded shall proceed against neighboring village to-morrow where a massacre is reported can we afford civilization and next russia must go and play the game injudiciously she affronts england once or twice with the person sitting in darkness observing and noting by moral assistance of france and germany she robs japan of her hard-earned spoil all swimming in chinese blood port arthur with the person again observing and noting then she seizes manchuria raids its villages and chokes its great river with the swollen corpses of countless massacred peasants that astonished person still observing and noting and perhaps he is saying to himself it is yet another civilized power with its banner of the prince of peace in one hand and its loot-basket and its butcher-knife in the other is there no salvation for us but to adopt civilization and lift ourselves down to its level and by and by comes america and our master of the game plays it badly plays it as mr chamberlain was playing it in south africa it was a mistake to do that also it was one which was quite unlooked for in a master who was playing it so well in cuba in cuba he was playing the usual and regular american game and it was winning for there is no way to beat it the master contemplating cuba said 
here is an oppressed and friendless little nation which is willing to fight to be free we go partners and put up the strength of seventy million sympathizers and the resources of the united states play nothing but europe combined could call that hand and europe cannot combine on anything there in cuba he was following our great traditions in a way which made us very proud of him and proud of the deep dissatisfaction which his play was provoking in continental europe moved by a high inspiration he threw out those stirring words which proclaimed that forcible annexation would be criminal aggression and in that utterance fired another shot heard round the world the memory of that fine saying will be outlived by the remembrance of no act of his but one that he forgot it within the twelvemonth and its honorable gospel along with it for presently came the philippine temptation it was strong it was too strong and he made that bad mistake he played the european game the chamberlain game it was a pity it was a great pity that error that one grievous error that irrevocable error for it was the very place and time to play the american game again and at no cost rich winnings to be gathered in too rich and permanent indestructible a fortune transmissible forever to the children of the flag not land not money not dominion no something worth many times more than that dross our share the spectacle of a nation of long harassed and persecuted slaves set free through our influence our posterity's share the golden memory of that fair deed the game was in our hands if it had been played according to the american rules dewey would have sailed away from manila as soon as he had destroyed the spanish fleet after putting up a sign on shore guaranteeing foreign property and life against damage by the filipinos and warning the powers that interference with the emancipated patriots would be regarded as an act unfriendly to the united states the powers cannot combine in even a bad cause and the sign would not have been molested dewey could have gone about his affairs elsewhere and left the competent filipino army to starve out the little spanish garrison and send it home and the filipino citizens to set up the form of government they might prefer and deal with the friars and their doubtful acquisitions according to filipino ideas of fairness and justice ideas which have since been tested and found to be of as high an order as any that prevail in europe or america but we played the chamberlain game and lost the chance to add another cuba and another honorable deed to our good record the more we examine the mistake the more clearly we perceive that it is going to be bad for the business the person sitting in darkness is almost sure to say there is something curious about this curious and unaccountable there must be two americas one that sets the captive free and one that takes a once captive's new freedom away from him and picks a quarrel with him with nothing to found it on then kills him to get his land the truth is the person sitting in darkness is saying things like that and for the sake of the business 
we must persuade him to look at the philippine matter in another and healthier way we must arrange his opinions for him i believe it can be done for mr chamberlain has arranged england's opinion of the south african matter and done it most cleverly and successfully he presented the facts some of the facts and showed those confiding people what the facts meant he did it statistically which is a good way he used the formula twice two are fourteen and two from nine leaves thirty-five figures are effective figures will convince the elect now my plan is a still bolder one than mr chamberlain's though apparently a copy of it let us be franker than mr chamberlain let us audaciously present the whole of the facts shirking none then explain them according to mr chamberlain's formula this daring truthfulness will astonish and dazzle the person sitting in darkness and he will take the explanation down before his mental vision has had time to get back into focus let us say to him our case is simple on the first of may dewey destroyed the spanish fleet this left the archipelago in the hands of its proper and rightful owners the filipino nation their army numbered thirty thousand men and they were competent to whip out or starve out the little spanish garrison then the people could set up a government of their own devising our traditions required that dewey should now set up his warning sign and go away but the master of the game happened to think of another plan the european plan he acted upon it this was to send out an army ostensibly to help the native patriots put the finishing touch upon their long and plucky struggle for independence but really to take their land away from them and keep it that is in the interest of progress and civilization the plan developed stage by stage and quite satisfactorily we entered into a military alliance with the trusting filipinos and they hemmed in manila on the land side and by their valuable help the place with its garrison of eight thousand or ten thousand spaniards was captured a thing which could not have been accomplished unaided at the time we got their help by by ingenuity we knew they were fighting for their independence and that they had been at it for two years we knew they supposed that we also were fighting in their worthy cause just as we had helped the cubans fight for cuban independence and we allowed them to go on thinking so until manila was ours and we could get along without them then we showed our hand of course they were surprised that was natural surprised and disappointed disappointed and grieved to them it looked un-american uncharacteristic foreign to our established traditions and this was natural too for we were only playing the american game in public in private it was the european it was neatly done very neatly and it bewildered them they could not understand it for we had been so friendly so affectionate even with those simple-minded patriots we our own selves had brought back out of exile their leader their hero their hope their washington aguinaldo brought him in a warship in high honor 
under the sacred shelter and hospitality of the flag, brought him back and restored him to his people, and got their moving and eloquent gratitude for it. Yes, we had been so friendly to them, and had heartened them up in so many ways. We had lent them guns and ammunition, advised with them, exchanged pleasant courtesies with them, placed our sick and wounded in their kindly care, entrusted our Spanish prisoners to their humane and honest hands, fought shoulder to shoulder with them against the common enemy, our own phrase, praised their courage, praised their gallantry, praised their mercifulness, praised their fine and honorable conduct, borrowed their trenches, borrowed strong positions which they had previously captured from the Spaniard, petted them, lied to them, officially proclaiming that our land and naval forces came to give them their freedom and displace the bad Spanish government, fooled them, used them until we needed them no longer, then derided the sucked orange and threw it away. We kept the positions which we had beguiled them of. By and by we moved a force forward and overlapped patriot ground, a clever thought, for we needed trouble, and this would produce it. A Filipino soldier, crossing the ground where no one had a right to forbid him, was shot by our sentry. The badgered patriots resented this with arms, without waiting to know whether Aguinaldo, who was absent, would approve or not. Aguinaldo did not approve, but that availed nothing. What we wanted, in the interest of progress and civilization, was the archipelago, unencumbered by patriots struggling for independence. And war was what we needed. We clinched our opportunity. It is Mr. Chamberlain's case over again, at least in its motive and intention, and we played the game as adroitly as he played it himself. At this point in our frank statement of fact to the person sitting in darkness, we should throw in a little trade taffy about the blessings of civilization, for a change, and for the refreshment of his spirit, then go on with our tale. We and the patriots, having captured Manila, Spain's ownership of the archipelago and her sovereignty over it, were at an end, obliterated, annihilated, not a rag or shred of either remaining behind. It was then that we conceived the divinely humorous idea of buying both of these specters from Spain. It is quite safe to confess this to the person sitting in the dark, since neither he nor any other sane person will believe it. In buying those ghosts for twenty millions, we also contracted to take care of the friars and their accumulations. I think we also agreed to propagate leprosy and smallpox, but as to this there is doubt. But it is not important. Persons afflicted with the friars do not mind other diseases. With our treaty ratified, Manila subdued, and our ghosts secured, we had no further use for Aguinaldo and the owners of the archipelago. We forced a war, and we have been hunting America's guest and ally through the woods and swamps ever since. At this point in the tale it will be well to boast a little of our war-work and our heroisms in the field, so as to make our performance look as fine as England's in South Africa. But I believe it will not be best to emphasize this too much we must be cautious. Of course, 
we must read the war telegrams to the person in order to keep up our frankness but we can throw an air of humorousness over them and that will modify their grim eloquence a little and their rather indiscreet exhibitions of gory exaltation before reading to him the following display heads of the dispatches of november eighteen nineteen hundred it will be well to practice on them in private first so as to get the right tang of lightness and gaiety into them administration weary of protracted hostilities real war ahead for filipino rebels rebels mumble that funny word don't let the person catch it distinctly will show no mercy kitchener's plan adopted kitchener knows how to handle disagreeable people who are fighting for their homes and their liberties but we must let on that we are merely imitating kitchener and have no national interest in the matter further than to get ourselves admired by the great family of nations in which august company our master of the game has bought a place for us in the back row of course we must not venture to ignore our general macarthur's reports oh uh, why do they keep on printing those embarrassing things we must drop them trippingly from the tongue and take the chances during the last ten months our losses have been two hundred and sixty-eight killed and seven hundred and fifty wounded filipino loss three thousand two hundred and twenty-seven killed and six hundred and ninety-four wounded we must stand ready to grab the person sitting in darkness for he will swoon away at this confession saying good god those niggers spare their wounded and the americans massacre theirs we must bring him to and coax him and coddle him and assure him that the ways of providence are best and that it would not become us to find fault with them and then to show him that we are only imitators not originators we must read the following passage from the letter of an american soldier lad in the philippines to his mother published in public opinion of decora iowa describing the finish of a victorious battle we never left one alive if one was wounded we would run our bayonets through him having now laid all the historical facts before the person sitting in darkness we should bring him to again and explain them to him we should say to him they look doubtful but in reality they are not there have been lies yes but they were told in a good cause we have been treacherous but that was only in order that real good might come out of apparent evil true we have crushed a deceived and confiding people we have turned against the weak and the friendless who trusted us we have stamped out a just and intelligent and well-ordered republic we have stabbed an ally in the back and slapped the face of a guest we have bought a shadow from an enemy that hadn't it to sell we have robbed a trusting friend of his land and his liberty we have invited our clean young men to shoulder a discredited musket and do bandits work under a flag which bandits have been accustomed to fear not to follow we have debauched america's honor and blackened her face before the world but each detail was for the best 
we know this the head of every state and sovereignty in christendom and ninety per cent of every legislative body in christendom including our congress and our fifty state legislatures are members not only of the church but also of the blessings of civilization trust this world-girdling accumulation of trained morals high principles and justice cannot do an unright thing an unfair thing an ungenerous thing an unclean thing it knows what it is about give yourself no uneasiness it is all right now then that will convince the person you will see it will restore the business also it will elect the master of the game to the vacant place in the trinity of our national gods and there on their high thrones the three will sit age after age in the people's sight each bearing the emblem of his service washington the sword of the liberator lincoln the slave's broken chains the master the chains repaired it will give the business a splendid new start you will see everything is prosperous now everything is just as we should wish it we have got the archipelago and we shall never give it up also we have every reason to hope that we shall have an opportunity before very long to slip out of our congressional contract with cuba and give her something better in the place of it it is a rich country and many of us are already beginning to see that the contract was a sentimental mistake but now right now is the best time to do some profitable rehabilitating work work that will set us up and make us comfortable and discourage gossip we cannot conceal from ourselves that privately we are a little troubled about our uniform it is one of our prides it is acquainted with honor it is familiar with great deeds and noble we love it we revere it and so this errand it is on makes us uneasy our flag another pride of ours our chiefest we have worshipped it so and when we have seen it in far lands glimpsing it unexpectedly in that strange sky waving its welcome and benediction to us we have caught our breath and uncovered our heads and couldn't speak for a moment for the thought of what it was to us and the great ideals it stood for indeed we must do something about these things we must not have the flag out there and the uniform they are not needed there we can manage in some other way england manages as regards the uniform and so can we we have to send soldiers we can't get out of that but we can disguise them it is the way england does in south africa even mr chamberlain himself takes pride in england's honorable uniform and makes the army down there wear an ugly and odious and appropriate disguise of yellow stuff such as quarantine flags are made of and which are hoisted to warn the healthy away from unclean disease and repulsive death this cloth is called khaki we could adopt it it is light comfortable grotesque and deceives the enemy for he cannot conceive of a soldier being concealed in it and as for a flag for the philippine province it is easily managed we can have a special one our states do it we can have just our usual flag with the white stripes painted black and the stars replaced by the skull and crossbones 
and we do not need that civil commission out there having no powers it has to invent them and that kind of work cannot be effectively done by just anybody an expert is required mr crocker can be spared we do not want the united states represented there but only the game by help of these suggested amendments progress and civilization in that country can have a boom and it will take in the persons who are sitting in darkness and we can resume business at the old stand mark twain end of to the person sitting in darkness recorded by john greenman